I want to dance still. We should we should create background music. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, friends. I think it would be good. I mean, let's vote. If you think that we should have background music, put a heart. Use the heart emoji. If you think that's a terrible idea, use the angry <laughs> emoji. I have a goal. I have a goal. We are going to see if we can get you to use every one of the emojis this morning. The angry one included, because I think it would be so fun to have a bunch of angry emojis on our broadcast that people would be like, what? John's looking at me like I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hearts. I saw hearts. And I don't see I mean, any. You do it only if you dance. They were mine. Only if I dance the yeah. whole time? I will. I mean, if it's that music, I'll be like, so distracted because you can't help. But move anyway um westbrook is in the house i'm still unavailable to do more than like two emojis and then it blocks what okay so i have to tell you guys the story lisa there's some more from lisa (laughs) excellent excellent Thank you. That is so kind of you. So Lisa got kind of, she's kind of in Facebook jail, kind of, because one day she decided that she was going to worship the Lord Jesus Christ with her emojis. And every time, because she's at a distance, right? And this, I think was on a Sunday morning. And so she was using the emojis to worship and, and Facebook was like, no, you've used them too many times. And so now she's limited on her usage of emojis. Somebody break that off of her because that just seems demonic to me. I don't know. <laughs> Use the angry emoji if that makes you mad. <laughs> anyway. Or if you appreciate the fact that they block people from using emojis, you can use the care one. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, if you like that, that, that Facebook has that level of control, you can use the care emoji. The care emoji is confusing to me. I'm kind of like, do I do I care right now or do I love right now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. When in confusion. There's a there's a thumbs up. That's true. You can just be indifferent and like it. <laughs> we have an angry emoji. Who did that? Anyway, good morning, Somebody Nicole. Really I did. <laughs> now that I've wasted five minutes of our time, <laughs> maybe we should actually like get to the point. <laughs> All right. So We are talking about, let me see if I can actually pivot here (laughs) now that I'm like. This ought to be fun. Yeah, I know. Um, Okay. We are on a mission. Um, Really, over the last several years, um, let me give you a history lesson of unedited life. It's been interesting, to say the least. Um, God 
called us out to to start a church in our own town. We were all going to to church in the next town over, pretty satisfied with what it was that we were doing. And um, and then it became very clear that God wasn't messing around and he was going to have his way. And so we we left what we were doing, came out to to Junction City to start our own thing. And and let me just give you a rundown of what that's looked like. Um, we started out in houses because we didn't have a building. It's all right, Chris. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, we started out um, just in houses and we, we kind of moved around to different houses and, and, and we met together and worshiped. And, and let me tell you, those were awkward days. Do you remember that? Those were super awkward days. Like you guys, we didn't know how to worship in, in that setting. We were, we had, so all of us had been spoiled rotten under like top notch skilled musicians for pretty much all of our adult lives. And, and suddenly we find ourselves in like basements or living rooms and, and, and we're having to like face each other. And, and it was vulnerable to, to be in that place and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do that. It's like, you know, having the, the platform stripped away and we didn't have language for that at the time, but that's definitely what was happening is, is the, the model that had been just really deeply entrenched in our lives was being stripped away even at that point. And that was four years ago. And for almost, you know, four years, the, the beginning of September, is September 8th, but we decided that that was our first Sunday out, September 8th of, of 2019. Is that right? 2019? Yes. 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 And, um, and so we did that. And then we, um, we somehow, I don't even remember how this happened, but we ended up engaged with one of the, the nicest restaurants here in our town. And, um, it was a steakhouse. It's since burned down. I feel like things that were a part of die. <laughs> anyway, house of Mur. can't get away from it. We it's, it's always been a part of our DNA. We just honestly, there again, didn't have language for it. And, um, didn't we do the and, hospital first? I thought we did. I thought we, we did, did the, the hospital. That we did the hospital first because that moved into the beginning of 2020. Oh, you're right. Right before right. the lockdown and everything. That's right. See, we should have a timeline out here ready for you guys. We need, we need I to. I hope <laughs> this is curious to you. Anyway, we did the hospital first, and and by that point we had moved out of houses and into a hotel um, conference type room and that we would meet in and, um, and, and then we got invited in our, our hospital was a County hospital and County hospitals in, in this part of, of our nation really struggle to stay alive. And, um, and ours was no exception. In fact, our hospital was known, its reputation was the place where you go to die, which is very interesting thinking back, but <laughs> we got called into this space to um, help build culture 
within their their dying existence. And um, there were several people that were invited into these meetings, and and we we had the responsibility to scope out what this would look like, turn it into their administration, and you know have it um, approved or not. And and so it was a really powerful time of stepping into something that was completely out of my comfort zone. I've had only ever been in in leadership in a church context outside of sports. And, um, and here we are in a room full of hospital professionals who don't even like to be identified as those who work at the hospital out in public because these people were being ridiculed in public. And that's how bad the reputation of our hospital was. And, and, but we got to sit in a room with them and, and hear them out and, and help them turn a corner and curate a culture that they would be proud of, of being able to go out into the community and, and, and not shy away from being known as someone who works at the hospital. And so that was early 2020. And um, I think we made it through, we had three different phases ironed out and we made it through the first one. And, um, and then we went into full lockdown and um, we, um, we weren't able to continue on with that mission. And so it's just, you know, there's, we could look into that alone and be like, okay, like our first stop was a hospital. And the reason we said yes to it is because of the way that God revealed himself in it is like, I, I want, you know, healing to be a part of of your ministry of what it is. So it's like a, a, along the, the years here, we've, we've stopped and picked up different aspects of what it is that God has, has wanted us to, to really experience and not just, you know, evaluate with our eyes or sit under as a teaching, but to really experience it firsthand. I don't know. Do you want to jump in? You can interrupt me at any time. Yeah. And, and it's it's interesting too because we were we were doing all these different things and then we got involved with the restaurant we were doing uh social media stuff for them and and different things with trying wanting to work with their staff and and uh it, it's it's very exciting though to to see all these different things that god brought us through and to be able to look back and say okay here's what he was pointing us towards now. And, and here is what we, we were able to, to learn there. And, and so I, I love when we go back and we talk about these things and I know uh, for people that weren't a part of it, it's kind of like, wait, what? You did that? <laughs> and you call yourself and, a church? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the interesting thing was, is we were, we were uh, um, paid for these things, but this is stuff that, that was used to, make the ministry go. Yeah. This wasn't, this wasn't like uh, all personal income. Right. So um, it it was just interesting to see how God provided and how he would uh, train us in these things. Yeah. And, and really just bringing us along in what it is that that he was setting us up for. Mm -hmm. And and so it's interesting to be able to make these uh, uh, connections with the community that had nothing to do with church yeah, and everything to be there to serve them. 
Yeah. And so there, there was definitely the, the healing industry. We're just going to call it that. Then there was the hospitality industry where we got to go in and help with social media for a restaurant and even got to be a part of um, a, a program called uh, Restaurant Reimagined. And, and that was all about hospitality, hosting the one before you. And, and so to be able to, to be invited in as a voice at, from the, a kingdom standpoint was so empowering. And, and of course, you know, it, it's mostly hindsight where you can look back and be like, oh my gosh, look at all you know God was doing. And then the most recent thing was being called into um, the beauty industry. And so you can see that the different threads that, that God has been weaving through all of this. What, you look like you're dying to uh, say something. This, this is, <laughs> I, I just making this connection in my head when we first started our bible study over here in junction city before uh we really launched and we were having trouble finding a place um because we the one we had just wasn't working because we were outgrowing it and uh we got invited to meet and have our bible study in the chamber of commerce yep in their conference room and uh so it's fitting that the the Chamber of Commerce, that is a, a voice to the businesses here locally, is is where we started with our Bible study here in Junction yep. City. Song of Songs. Growing out of that, yeah, <laughs> and and then getting invited into all these different businesses and different industries here yeah. locally. Yeah. Um, wow, what a setup. Yeah. It is such a setup, and the thing is, is like you guys, we were we were meeting in the Chamber of Commerce. Um, meeting room. And so we're talking like this massive table with um, chairs all around it. And this is where we're, this is where we're having our, our small group Bible study on the song of songs. And we had healings break out in, in this room. And I mean, like legitimate healings, people were healed in this space. And, and so anyway, I was telling Vince and, and telling my husband again this morning on Monday while Vince was live, um, I, I was doing the background and um, and I'm wa- I'm outside and, and I'm watching this big bird fly in circles and it ran the exact same route over and over and over again and I'm just going like oh my gosh it hasn't it hasn't broke its route it's done the exact same thing over and over and it wasn't just circles it was going up and down and through things and anyway and and in the middle of that it just felt like god said you know i am looking for people who will run the routes that i'm calling and and we've done that have we done it to perfection <laughs> i probably not but um it's just been it's been so many stops and starts to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, are we just crazy? <laughs> and, or is this like actually what God is doing? And, um, but the thing is, is we're coming full circle now. And, um, and something that we had started in the beginning was house fires. And we had this vision of there being a fire set in houses. And at the time we only had vision for our, our own city and that there would be fires set within the city and, and that they would stay burning. And, um, 
And then it was last year at the conference where Rebecca came down. It was the Straight Shot Conference, and it was powerful. I think for some of us, it was our first real introduction to the fear of the Lord in a really tangible kind of way. And um, and in in that moment, right in the middle of the fear of the Lord coming in, and all you really want to do in this moment is tremble, God says to me, govern the fire. Angie. And, and I was like, God, you know, I don't even know what that means, but it's all connected where, where God is wanting to set fires in various places and starting honestly in our state, this is, this is where we feel like we have influence is in our own state, which is Kansas for those of you that don't know. And, um, and he's told us that like we are to govern the fires that are built all around Kansas. And so it took a little bit of like study to realize like there are 105 counties in in our state and and you guys he's not looking for something showy. And I think that this is why he is so stripped away the model of American church as we have known it. And um because He's not interested in the glamorization of, of what it is that we can produce. He's not looking for production. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking to, to raise up a priesthood that can rightly govern his fire, who can who knows how to govern his altar, honestly. And, and so what, what we're looking for is, is people who can say, yes, I don't care about being seen right? I care about being known, set a fire down in my soul and teach me to govern that in my county, Jesus. And, um, and so right now we have about five counties that, um, that we feel we, we represent right now. And so we have a hundred more to go. And right now, just really I'm feeling like, you know, our ministry is to the land right now. And, um, and I can even point you to that and, and, and tell you in, in 2017, God had me start working the land in Junction City. I had no idea what I was doing at the time. Listen, when God has us doing things that make no sense, don't question it, just follow him right? Like just follow him because it matters. You will be six years down the road and realize that the work you did then is going to now manifest. And um, you've heard me talk about corn and you know, I have an infatuation with cornfields. And the reason why is because in the summer of 2017, God began setting me up and, um, and I, I had, a country road really close to my house. And, um, this, 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 <laughs> this time, this summer, God was, was used. Yes. Jen, Jen, can, I was thinking about you yesterday. It's so good to see your name. Ah, I miss you. Um, but you just like, don't underestimate what it is that, that he's calling you to do in these moments that seem like they don't really matter. Like it's just you and the Lord communing and, and you're doing these things, these, these um, activations, if you will. And, and for me, that was about being out in this cornfield and, um, and God started asking me to minister to the corn, 
to start preaching to the corn. You guys, it was with snot and tears that I did so. I mean, I was so moved by this corn. It was kind of ridiculous. Like I would have looked like a mad woman out there. There were times because it's it backs up to to our army <laughs> base. And so there's always helicopters flying over. And I thought, goodness gracious, I must look insane. <laughs> But I mean, there were times where I was crouched down because I could not, I was trembling so much under the weight of the hunger of the corn, which I knew, you know, represented the hunger of the nations, of uh, of the, the hunger of the hearts that just haven't heard the good news of what it is that, that Jesus offers. And, and so here we are six years later and, and the land is ready to receive that good news. And, and so we are, we are called to mobilize a people. And, and you've got to remember, like, what does scripture tell us? Where two or three are gathered, there he is also. And so that's all it takes. We, we think in these grandiose kind of things where we get so off track and start serving the outcomes rather than just stepping in and doing the thing the way that it's prescribed in scripture, two or three. And, and, and it's the other thing that, that we, we have to combat is, is the, uh, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to, to do something like that. The, the qualification is, do you love Jesus? Do you want your eyes fixed on the lamb of God? Do you want to lift him up? Do you want to make him famous in your land? If you can say yes to those things, then you are qualified enough to host yourself and another or two others in your home, in, in your chamber of commerce, in your library, wherever, wherever it is that, that you have access to, to, to lift Jesus high. And, um, and we felt like it was necessary to, to utilize this space, this time where we're live and, and realize that, you know, we have people beyond Kansas because I feel like this is what, what God is doing, not just in Kansas, but across the world. He's looking for an underground movement that isn't preoccupied with being seen because he's the one that wants to be seen, right? And, and ours is to be known, known in the fullness of his expression, that I will be who it is that he says I am. I'll step into that and I'll be that as fully as I know how. And, and when we are preoccupied with being known, there's no limit on what it is that we are capable of doing. And, and I think it's hilarious that, that, you know, here we are in the middle of Kansas and, and Kansas isn't really known for much outside of wheat, sunflowers and Wizard of Oz. Right. <laughs> and so it's not like, you know, there's a whole lot of attention on Kansas, but this is, this is some background information that I think is really important for you to grab hold of. And then I'll stop talking so Vince can jump in. But um, a few years back, God started talking to me about the Civil War, and which I am not a history buff by any stretch of the imagination. John is 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 agreeing with me, <laughs> and um, 
and but God started talking to me about the Civil War, and He was asking me to go and and research um, the battle that's called Bleeding Kansas, and um, and and John Brown was an abolitionist who lived in Kansas, and um, he was so moved by the enslavement of African Americans, and like he was the kind of man was like, not on my watch. This is not happening any longer. And he was going to go the distance to abolish slavery in America, not just in Kansas, but in America. Well, this battle that is called Bleeding Kansas was just that. It was a very gory display of what it looks like to side with Jesus and not the enemy. And, um, and, and he, he really was responsible for creating a free state in, um, in, in Kansas. And, and then, you know, went on to, to mark territory in other parts of the nation, specifically on the East coast and then was killed. But, um, what God was telling me was that spiritually speaking, that the civil war was fought and won in Kansas before it ever manifested throughout the nation. And why is this important? Because we are in a civil war again. We are in an issue of enslavement. And it's not what the hot topic agendas have assigned it to. It is not a race issue. It is not a gender issue. It is an enslavement to sin issue. And in our nation, God's had enough right? Like he's calling it out and he wants to fight this issue in Kansas. Once again, he wants to settle this issue in Kansas once again, and then watch the fallout of that manifest in the rest of the nation. And, and it's just, I think because what comes from Kansas, right? I mean, you can look at it and be like, nothing good comes from Nazareth. Like there's Kansas just isn't known for much, but that's what makes it the perfect place because he is looking for an underground movement of people who don't care about their reputation and only care about the reputation of Jesus Christ, who will go the distance to, to offer him what he's worth. And if that means calling out the enslavement to sin for the sake of freedom, so be it. Jump in. Uh, holiness and obedience. This is where... We are going to break the back of this enslavement to sin. And if we aren't really pushing into that, we're going to have a problem and we're going to be serving outcomes. Uh, yeah. Like we talked about uh, a few minutes ago, when we have these big grandiose ideas of what something should look like. I, I can't imagine to to say this is what God intends the outcome to be, because the moment I do that, I'm limiting limiting what it is that he may actually be wanting to do right? And because what our, our outcome is in our mind is, is probably far less than what his is. Mm-hmm. And so if we can simply put, get ourselves focused on holiness and obedience, we're going to see a lot of these things start to change. And yeah. in that we're going to have a boldness to be able to, to, like you're saying, call these things, what they are, call things sin. And, and call things out. And if that means we're, we're speaking specifically to a person, then that's what has to happen. But we got to have a boldness to do that. And, and 
outside of walking in holiness and obedience to Jesus, we're just gonna, we're not going to come across correctly. And yeah. um, and if somebody chooses to to portray us in, in a wrong light, then that's that's not ours to defend because we know we're walking upright yeah. and in holiness and obedience, and that's really what matters. And, and it, it and that has to be what matters the most right now. If if we're going to uh, uh, see this. Uh, uh, war uh, against the enslavement to sin fought and won that's where we're gonna have to start right and it's not going to be an easy stance to take and you know your your description of bloody kansas is probably uh, um, applicable to this situation as well where where it's going to be a difficult fight and uh, there's going to be a lot of slanderous words that look very bloody to us but again it's not ours to defend we're, right. we're, we're not our defender the moment you step out as your defender you're 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 lacking you're so in a much. snare yep yeah and, and so i, I just I, I can't imagine being able to say that i know what an outcome is going to look like and that's like uh, uh being the judge i, I don't want to be the judge too much, mm-hmm. too much responsibility in, in, in that case. But um, talking about the, the counties and uh, going after those, we know that one of the big things uh, out of that word for 2023, as it relates to this, when he said, I'm laying territory at your feet, rolled up remnant for you to spread wide, hang it out, beat the dust from it, cleanse it from its iniquitous history. This is this speaks to exactly what you're talking about when it comes to ministering to the land. This is this is our our, our point where we can speak to the land and start to see things manifest. It goes on, expand wide, stake the eastern border. You are my governmental ambassadors. You will find yourselves in spaces you have no experience. You spoke to that earlier too, where you may feel like I, I don't have the experience. I haven't been there before. I haven't done this. I don't have uh, a degree that says I'm qualified to step out into this, but God doesn't care about any of that. He is going to be the one that trains you. He's going to be the one that gives you what you need in, in terms of being in these places. You may not uh, think you have the qualifications, but if you have, if you believe in Jesus, then you're qualified. And he's going to he's going to put you there. Uh, it goes on. Uh, you will find yourselves in space. You have no experience, no credentials. However, I have found hearts that can host my zeal appropriately. A fiery crew that knows and banks on the inheritance of my government that will live on and on forevermore. In you, I have found hands to drop my legislation. Wrap your hands around my scrolls and take ownership. If we aren't taking ownership of the kingdom, we're missing out. Right. The kingdom belongs to us. And we have access to it. Great authority will consume you. I have called you to govern the fire. I have set my government upon you to steward with passion, truth, and trust. I, I think we often want to uh, overlay our own system of government onto these things, and and we can't do that. We'll miss out if we want to start limiting the kingdom to some system here on earth of government. Great grace will accompany you as you go. 
again, in these spaces where you are, are finding yourselves where you think you don't have the credentials or, or don't have the training, you have grace to be there. He's called you there. You have the grace to be there, which is your Mm -hmm. empowerment to go and do the thing that he's called you to do. Right. You may feel unprepared, but you will never go alone. Boldness will host you all your days. I, that I think is probably my favorite line out of this entire thing. Boldness will host you. I am hosted, uh, uh, taken care of. Can you just, you know, think of the greatest hospitable experience you've ever had. It goes beyond that. And it's boldness that's doing it on your behalf. It's boldness that's bringing you in and hosting you and setting you up at the, the head of the table and saying, here you go, speak. And I just I absolutely love that. And it, it feels very empowering. And so I hope you're feeling that as well. Yeah. Uh, it says, I'm, I am remantling and you and retraining you to establish my authority in the Americas. You will learn on the job. It's hands-on as you go training. Do not fret. I am your rear guard and have certainly gone before you. Stretch out my territory as you go. You will know when to sow and when to harvest. You will know when to tear up and when to build. So th- this, this, you'll learn on the job. It's hands-on as you go training. And we have talked so much about what we do here locally in Junction City as part of UL as research and development. And in praying about this conversation this morning, I didn't hear anything other than Holy Spirit say, it is time to move out of the R&D phase and into production. And I, I think that is a mindset shift that we are having to make here because we have have talked about that so much that we're mm-hmm. doing research and development, seeing what things look like, tweaking this, playing with that, moving this over here. How does that affect things? And, and then somewhat going out to say, okay, does this work in the real world? That's that's needs to stop. We need to shift into a production phase. That's what we're doing when we're talking about these house fires is we are making that shift into production here, into action. Yeah. We've done done our research, but, you know, he is wanting to uh, give us the on the job training. And so that's what we're moving into right now. Yeah. And, and I know that that so much of it has to do with the land. Like our our land has been under oppression for a really long time and needs to be free. It needs to experience the freedom. A a land who knows it's God is is empowered to help. And and we need that assistance. Last week I had the same dream two nights in a row. The first night, I'm sure that it was just a dream. The second night, it felt like warfare. It felt like intercession. And um, I woke up feeling like I had been working and digging for a hundred years. Like seriously, it felt like years of digging. And that's simply what it was. I was underground and I was just digging and I was telling my husband about it. And he goes, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Cause I'd fallen asleep with my hand on his chest. And he said, I just kept doing the same movement over and over with my hand, like, oh my digging, at, <laughs> digging at his chest. And I mean, I, I knew that I had been somewhere in, in, in the spirit 
all through that night. And um, so I, so much of what he's doing, and that's why I use the word underground is because our, our churches in especially Western cultures have been so much about the showmanship and, and he's looking for a people that will be satisfied to just do what it is that he wants, even if that's underground. And, and I'm in, like, I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. I just want to offer the lamb of God, what he is worthy of. If that means that, that we do something, you know, even outside of the, that's my dog scratching. Outside of, you know, the name of our organization, I don't care. And that's where Kingdom Indivisible comes in. It was a little over a year ago that God dropped this idea in our hearts about what does it look like to actually step in as the the government of the church. And um, because clearly he has outlined what that looks like. The, the church has a governmental body and, um, and, and, you know, apostles and prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, and we need everybody in their function to stand in fullness, to operate in fullness. And we're not there yet. And that's okay. We're learning. And, and, and that's what we've learned the most is like, it's okay to say like, we're learning. We're not sure that we're getting this right. And, and even, even in us, um, stepping into a research and development phase of our existence was was what that was. It's like we were just learning. What does it mean to be the church, and 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 have that stripped that that old mentality, that old paradigm stripped away from us? We've had to better understand what is he after? Well, he's after a priesthood, a royal priesthood, those who can carry his presence, who will minister to God. Listen, ministry was never supposed to be about the people. It was always supposed to be about God. Always, always. We have made ministry out to be something. We have glamorized it and and we've made it something that it is not. Ministry was always to be unto the Lordship of Jesus Christ and then to release breath, blessing, pronounce blessing over God's people. That was to be the interaction with the people, not ministry. The ministry was unto God and the overflow is the blessing over the people. And, and there's, there's a story. I'm sorry. I don't have, I don't have the, um, the scripture reference for you, but where, um, Israel, or, yeah, the, the children of God were removed from a land and Assyria had taken over and they were so dumbfounded because the, the, they didn't know how to work with the land and uh, of Samaria and because Samaria had a God and its land had a God and, and the people did not know how to live there because it was a God that wasn't their own. And, and the Assyrian King had sense enough to say, send one of Israel's priests back. And there were lions that were prowling through this land killing the people. And the moment that one of, of the Levitical priests stepped foot on the land, it all goes away because the land responds to the priesthood. And it was never God's desire that the priesthood land within a singular tribe. He wanted the entire nation of Israel to carry the responsibility of the priesthood. 
and and that's what we're shifting into as the body of Christ is is into the understanding of what it means to be a royal priesthood. What does it mean to minister to Jesus and allow the overflow to be the blessing unto the people? Mm-hmm. That means the land begins to respond to what it is that we are carrying into it. And we can test this. We can test this when we're saying that we are are going to set up house fires and learn to govern that fire. That's what we're talking about is is ushering in his presence and then watching and learning how the land responds to the presence of God in that space. We're going to see we're going to see more rapid changes by working with the land and stepping into our priesthood than we will by glamorizing church life and attracting thousands. God will do more with a few than he will with those who are still stuck in yesterday's paradigm. And that's what we're after. You may be asking, what does this have to do with me? I don't live in Kansas. Everything. Catch the fire. Set it up. Those of you, and this is not, this is why the name Kingdom Indivisible works. Because he is looking for a kingdom that will coalesce, that will come together and be the people of God together as a united front. You guys, we need to take oneness more seriously. I don't care whether you live in Africa or you live in, you know, Spain. I, I don't care. I don't care where you are. This works because it's a kingdom model. It is a kingdom principle. It's a kingdom mission that that we gather together as two or three, minister to God and watch and learn what takes place just through that obedience where we're, we're not, we don't care what it looks like. We don't care what it looks like. I care about lifting the name of Jesus high. And what did he say? you lift my name high, I will draw all men to myself. And we forget, we, we get caught up in the news of the day and think, eh, the world is in shambles. No, we just haven't put Christ on display. He is the desire of the nations. We just haven't put him on display rightly. We've put church on display, but not Christ. Mm-hmm. Put people on display. For sure. I, I want to read this because I, I think it's very, um, very uh, uh, applicable to what you're talking about when it comes to the land. I got to read Romans 8, 18 through 22. It says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. This is so online with what we're talking about with ministering to the land it, it creation is just waiting for us to step up and take our place to be known and, and not worry about being seen here right. in, in this natural realm and, and and so i just i cannot uh get past this that um 
that creation is waiting for us to to step in as as the the priest like you were talking about the lions just left because of one the entire land was was cleared out of what was uh, oppressive because of one priest stepping in and, and and this goes back to a holiness and obedience this this priest obviously carried holiness with him right and he was obedient to go and do what it was did not care about a uh, uh, reputation and obviously didn't care about his life because he knew what was happening in this place yeah. but was still willing to be obedient to the call to go and creation is waiting for us to step in in holiness, to to be obedient to the call of God, and come and minister to the land. Yeah, holiness, and that's not something that that is familiar for us, unfortunately. But holiness is what he's after. He's after holiness. He wants to put holiness on display in us. But it really it it's going to cost. There's a cost and we can't, we can't just overlook the cost. There's a cost. We have to lay down our lives. A couple of Sundays ago, we were um, in a worship time and every song was about how much we love God. And in the middle of it all, I could feel his, his heart and it felt like pain and um, like, you don't actually love me. And, and I felt like he told me to tell the people that I love you, but you don't actually love me because love goes the distance. Love lays its life down. Love commits and love devotes. And we're not there. We're not there. When we, when we get to a point where we're like, I don't care what it costs. I don't care what it looks like. I'm laying my life down at this altar for you to have your way in me, for you to manifest yourself through me. Then we can call it love. And that's when holiness is going to come shining through. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about a ministry name. It's about Jesus and putting his holiness on display. And, and we have, we've shied away from, from holiness so much so that you can, you can find and apply some of the most grievous sins in the church. What have we done? What have we done? You know, and, and Haggai has been our script, scripture reference for the year. I mean, we've just sat in this book and we've returned to it over and over and over. And and what what the Lord is dissatisfied with is that we've built our own houses. And he can't even find any materials from his own house. And that should grieve us. We need, we need to return to being grieved by the things that hurt his heart. 
we need to return to calling out sin. This is how I also know that, that we don't actually love him because we leave one another in a state of sin, in a state of the muck and the mire. And, and that's not love. That's not love. Well, I'll just love him through it. That's, that's not actually love. If I just apply enough love, they'll stop doing it. No, actually they won't. We give each other permission to remain in the grips of sin. Holiness doesn't allow that. Holiness calls sin, sin. And it actually requires righteousness from those who refer to themselves as the sons or daughters of God. Guys, he's looking for a body that he can release his greater glory through, who can host that weighty presence. And we've allowed so much, so much under the guise of worship, things that we've called worship, and it's, it's not worship. It's not worship. Worship is to be a sacrifice. And when we're not giving him the very best that we have access to, when we're standing there in the middle of a worship set and we're thinking about what we're making for lunch, we're offering up a lame and blemished sacrifice. And he's after something pure for our sake, for our sake. He, he, he's not, he's not in need of, of our worship, but worship is what establishes his governance. And that's what we need. We need a people who are set apart and willing to lift high the name of Jesus above their own and who will govern the fire. so we're, we are, we are like whoever, whomever, you don't have to be within one of our 105 counties here in Kansas, but if you are someone who sees yourself doing this and, 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 and I'm not suggesting that you leave your church, don't leave your church. We need, there is like this window of opportunity for churches to make a transition to, to recognize the, the, that we've missed it and to turn back to Jesus. And so we need people who are willing to host these, these house fires with two or three and infiltrate their churches on a regular basis. You've got to understand what he can do with your yes. He can do a whole lot He can turn an entire nation around with your yes. And that's what we plan to do. We can see it. And sometimes when I even talk about it, I'm like, this seems so foolish, God. And God just reminds me that it's the foolish things that confound the wise. And I'm going to leave you with this one last story. And then I'll let Vince jump in to to finalize things. Um, Years ago, and we shared the story on Sunday, but years ago, we, um, Vince's wife and, and John and myself led youth group. 
<laughs> and we had been doing youth group for for years at this point, but we had just moved into a new building. And, and the first thing we did was line the youth group up to march around the, the entire city block. And we were in a downtown location. And so that required us to, to, to march along the, the main, the main road of our town. And, and we led them in chanting, what are we going to do? And they yelled, take the land. (laughs) How are we going to do it? Violently. And they responded, yes, violently. What are we going to do? Take the land. How are we going to do it? Violently. And we just kept repeating this over and over. And I don't know how many laps we made around, but that's that's what we did. I think we did seven. I think you're right. Look at yeah. us. We're so biblical. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I rolled my eyes. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's moments like that that you know it it feels like kids play right and and the same thing with my cornfield experience when we step in in obedience and we're just we're just doing the thing that he shows us we're doing we may not see evidence of his hand until 15 years later this is like 15 years removed probably probably 15 years removed Mm -hmm. from that time in youth group where we made a decree over our land that we were taking it and we were going to do it violently. And here we are in a space where God is ready to make that decree manifest. We are a ready people. We are positioned to be able to do so. We have the mission in front of us and our eyes are fixed. We know what it is that he's after. And it all started 15 years ago in silliness, leading a youth group in circles around our city block, declaring that we were going to take the land and we were going to do so violently. Don't underestimate what it is that he has you do as a prophetic act, because it will manifest eventually. Wrap this up, Vince. When you were talking about um, God saying, I I love you, but you don't love me. I I was just instantly in that moment when you were talking about that drawing onto the beach in the midst of the conversation of Jesus and Peter. And Jesus asking him, do you love me? Do you love me? And, 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 not in an accusatory way, not in a way to bring guilt or shame, but in a redemptive way yeah, to bring him back in. And it's, it's heartbreaking though, to, to hear that question directed towards us, but it, it's something that we need to answer. It's a question that needs to be asked of us right now because we aren't regarding him rightly. Yeah. Talk, talked about the fear of the Lord from a year ago. That, that is something that was so uh, impactful in understanding regard and understanding our passion and uh, what we're worshiping or who we're worshiping, all these different things to bring us into the space where we are now, to where now he can start pointing us at holiness and saying, okay, there's regard there. Let, let's, let's pull you in. But we have to be willing. Uh, uh, you talked about it 
right up front. We have to be willing to disregard reputation and all these things that we cling to so tightly and, and be like the kids. The, the, the kids who were the only ones who would be audacious enough to get out there and actually do that in public to be, say out loud that they're taking the land and they will do it violently. Right. Without, without regard for people regarding right. God. And, and so the, the question remains, you know, are you willing to be audacious enough to be known? Oof. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge question. Are, are you going to allow him to put what he knows about you on display? Not with what you're comfortable in being seen in, you know, like, are you going to allow him to remantle you? Are you going to allow him to, to put his knowledge of you on display? And we know in John 17, that when Jesus is praying, he's like, this is eternal life that you know, God, it's all about knowing not about seeing or being seen. And so here's here's what I want you to do. If you can see yourself in this, I want you to send, I'm going to put the, that's our email address. If you want to be a part of this, would you please just send us an email? Not because we want you to be affiliated with Unedited Life. It's because we want to know what this special ops army looks like. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I said it yesterday too, that God is raising up a, a special ops army. And, and honestly, like, I, I feel like he's shown me that um, he's looking for people that he can double mantle, not double portion, double mantle. And um, I don't know what that looks like, but, um, but I know why. Let me just, and I know we're running out of time, but I just want to share this one last thing with you. The reason he's looking to double mantle people is because the enemy has possessed so much of the land. He needs people that he can use in two different ways. He wants options within each of his vessels to outwit the enemy. And, and that's why he wants to be able to call routes and have us run them. No matter what, can we shift into this mantle over here when he calls for it? Can we shift over here to the left when he calls for it? Will we run it effectively? I told John earlier, even God knows it's football season. <laughs> he's, he's asking us to run routes. And, um, and so, you know, it, it's like, can you see yourself in that? Do you want to be a part of the special ops army that he is raising up right now? You do not have to be in one of our 105 counties to do so. You just need to send us an email because we want to be able to pour over your county, your city, whatever, wherever it is that you are in the world and, um, and, and know where it is that we are infiltrating we want to track that. That's what's responsible is to know how it is that, that this mission is affecting the nations. And um, we know that our personal mission is here in, in Kansas, but we are not opposed to knowing that there are other others in our army. And, um, and so kingdom indivisible is, is what it is that, that we're calling this, that we are, we are an army that is, that is tight. We are building for oneness and for the sake of Jesus Christ. So use that info at anetherlife.org. Just send us a quick email. Tell us where you're from. And, um, and, and like, when do you plan on starting? You know, 
Like what, when is it that you want to get started? When do you plan to, to hold your first meeting? And, and we are going to host some Zoom meetings beyond this to connect, pray, prophesy over the land. And um, it's just going to be, it's going to be powerful, you guys. I, I just can hardly wait to, to hear from you. That's it. That's it. That's all. Thank you so much for tuning in and, and being a part of our conversation this morning. We are, we're going to take the land, you guys. Let's take the land. Love you all.